Yeah, you see like the eyes sticking back. That's incredible. The teeth, you see the teeth in here? Look at her, she's extending the flipper out in the back. Yeah, well, and I can bet how big it is. <laughs> <laughs> so is this the biggest one you've seen? This is the first break. Personally, yes. Personally, yes. Can I touch it? I would no, recommend gloves. Okay, then I will. Go get gloves if you want to touch it. <laughs> yeah, the teeth are not bad. Usually no. they're worn down, they're very old. Yeah. And then they get problems. No, yeah. look, look at the eyes. Yeah. So opening the mouth. Oh my gosh, look at the tongue. Oh, it's all bloody inside. It's just kind of mind blowing in a way that like this is something that once had a life and was living and we can use it once it's died and learn so much from it. It can do so much beyond what it did in life to help us and so it's still like, it's not gone even though it's no longer living and for me that I think is really cool way of thinking about it. And so it's always fun to get to be involved in something like that. From the northern and easternmost coast in the United States, you're listening to Down East Viewpoints, a sense of place, a sense of self. Thanks for joining me, Claire Deal, Virginia College professor and summertime Down East resident, as I interview local people who are passionate about preserving and protecting the Gulf of Maine's bays, islands, and marine life. Today we're at UMM following up with students enrolled in the marine biology program with Dr. Krause. These were the brave young women who delighted in finding the seal on the shore and taught me so much about what goes into collecting data with marine mammals. We happen to be doing our follow-up interview right here on UMM's campus. We are in the wood labyrinth behind the science building and it's just an amazingly beautiful place. We are going to follow up with a little bit more about why I got to meet these two young women on the shore with dead animals twice in a series of three <laughs> days to gather data from a couple of dead seals. Why were they there and how'd they get there? If you guys would introduce yourselves first with your name, where you're from, and what year you are in the program. My name is Hannah Martell. I'm a student in the biology major with a minor in marine biology and I'll be going into my senior year here at the University of Mana Machias. And I'm Molly Stewart. I'm going to be going into my third year studying marine bio. I'm originally from Massachusetts, but moved up here when I was four to a small town just south of Bangor. Tell me how you first came to be engrossed in and curious about the natural world. What is it that has you spending your time studying well, I, growing up, my town is very surrounded by nature, and my grandparents have a place on the lake, so all of my free time was spent out in the environment, and I think over time, just the fact that it was such a big part of my life, it became what I wanted to study and what I wanted to do with my life. So for me, growing up, I came from um, kind of the opposite. I was in an area where there wasn't a whole lot of 
environment, or at least not to my disposal. Um, growing up, my folks didn't do a lot in nature, around nature. Um, and my big thing was, is I never got to go to the ocean. I was about an hour's drive from the ocean. And anytime we were able to go to the ocean, it just fascinated me. And I originally came to be majoring in the marine biology program. And that's what drew me here. And just the fact that I love the campus so much too. Can you tell me what it is that you experience or feel when you're in the natural world by the ocean or in the woods? It's, it's calming, but also like exciting and fascinating. Just like gets me just excited about life to do all of this and be near it. For me, there's always a sense of like mystery because you could go to the beach and you never know what you're gonna find in the beach. It can be a calm, relaxing tool. I know there's several times that, you know, you're stressed out. You just want to go on the beach and relax and get more in touch with the natural world. And then sometimes you go and you find a dead seal. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then the fascination starts from there, at least for me. So it's interesting. It sounds like it's sort of along a continuum with one being real excitement and wonder and the other being a time to unwind and relax. Yeah. Can you think of other environments like a built environment or um, you know, something that's been fabricated by humans where you have those extremes? Hmm. Weirdly enough for me, I kind of see the same sort of mystery and excitement when I get into playing tabletop RPGs. Worlds created um, by yeah. other people, <laughs> fantasy worlds that give excitement and wonder there's magic there's mystery there's the unexpected there's nature there's all these different things and i find sort of the same thing when i play those games with my friends interesting mine's probably very similar for me it's always been like with books and libraries mm -hmm. growing up because i'm an only child and that's that's what i did growing up was i read and most of what i read is along the same lines of things that have mystery and a lot of nature involved and I think that is part of where I get the fascination for because I'm so used to delving into just this unknown world that like you can spend so much time exploring. Kind of a vicarious experience. Yeah. You know, now that you mention that, I don't do gaming, but as a kid too, I read a lot. And when I think about it, there were always adventure stories. Somebody finds themselves over a cliff and they're fine, but now they got to get out. What do I do with the things around me? seems like that love of the outdoors maybe is what propelled both of you to be here, to be in this place, to be studying what you're studying. Yeah. Yes. Have you seen any changes in the natural world over the last five, ten years? And if you, if you think you have, can you tell me about, about that? I've definitely seen back home, it started slowly getting more and more populated mm -hmm. and just more structured and not quite as natural because in my town was very small, but it's slowly been getting a little bit bigger, more people. And so you're seeing some more structure to the nature and I'd rather see it as it naturally comes, not how it's been changed and affected by people. And I definitely see that where I'm from and all the changes. For me, I, I actually kind of see the opposite in my town. I am seeing a growth in my town, but I'm also seeing more things that my town's doing to give it a positive impact and some of that positive impact is with the environment. We've had this walking trail that goes right along the Androscoggin River and 
with that, helping all these other trails come into play, there's more boat ramps, stuff like that, and there's more drive for people to get in touch with nature. There's many options, and you don't have to drive far to, to go to nature, you know what I mean? That's awesome. So people are taking advantage of it, sounds yes. like, and getting out there. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we're living in these very weird times right now, mm-hmm. masks and COVID and distancing, and which we're doing now. What have you seen, if anything, in the world right around you in the outdoor world? I've seen a lot more people getting active outside. Mm, It's like they suddenly have nothing to keep them inside or like keep them from going to work and all that. And it's like they're rediscovering nature almost because I live very close to a little park in town and I've seen more people walking around there during this than I have before and it's very nice to see people getting happy about nature again yeah and I see more people using so I live on campus and I've lived on campus the entire time I've been at the university and more and more with the pandemic I was seeing more people on campus just walking just enjoying what the campus has to offer we have a nice little pond on campus we have the wooded labyrinth that we're in right now. We have the Outback Trail, which is a few miles of trail out very pretty in the outback. very back. <laughs> <laughs> outback. So I'm seeing more and more people utilize these trails and utilize just the scenery around campus. And we're at a very small university where like you know you can tell very easily when something's changed. It doesn't it's not hard to notice, hey that person hasn't been on campus before (laughs) as bad as as bad and like as bad as it sounds but it's I like that aspect to this campus nice to see the new people sounds like there's a lot to UMM that a lot of people don't know about I've been in the area for 15 years and had no idea about the Outback Trail that's pretty cool it's very pretty out there me and my friend love to just go and walk the trails when the school is up and running, we do a lot of events with the community. If you're around here during Halloween, we have what's called the Haunted Forest, where oh, we go on the Outback so Trail. The students will uh, get together with their professors and put on like a Haunted Forest That's thing for, for both UMM students and the community members. You can just walk through the trail and get scared. Get scared yeah. <laughs> but no, there's going to be okay at the other end. Anyway, yeah. Have you seen any changes since COVID in terms of the natural world itself? I feel like it's kind of recovered a little bit with more people going out without their cars and all of their Mm -hmm. like technology and stuff, just like enjoying it. And it's had a chance to recover from some of the damage that we do with like all kinds of stuff. So I, I read a few reports that mentioned like when everybody was in quarantine and, um, essential travel was Mm -hmm. the only thing we could do carbon emissions and all that went down drastically and I'm pretty sure that would have a sort of positive impact on the environment itself. Yeah, it's getting more use, but I kind of have the optimistic view on things where if people are more aware of their environment, if people are more into walking the trails and stuff, they'll be better maintained, they'll be they'll become aware of what to do to positively impact the environment. There is research that points to to that point, that Mm -hmm. once people feel an attachment and an attraction for the natural world, they're likely to be more ambassadors to it and stewards of it. So that's hopeful to me. 
and yeah. especially to hear you guys talking about what you're experiencing because unfortunately the generations before you have done these things with the carbon emissions that have been in just that short time that research is compelling isn't it that yeah. if we yeah. could if we can do it for short term we could do it for long term but i guess that's the challenge yeah right? i feel like this whole event that has been happening we couldn't even though it's caused so much harm we could still use it to our advantage and that we can start to like get more people involved and bring back something that has kind of been lost yeah yeah i hope so too i share that so let's let's change directions just for a minute and i know we've got to go get our hands dirty and and clean up the the woodland a little bit <laughs> i'm curious so if we think back to when we were on the shore both at duck cove and then two days later i think it was at quaddy head mm -hmm. with the bigger gray seal yeah amazingly beautiful what is it your professor says about them? That they're, they look good. They look healthy if they were alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'd look great if they were just not dead. Right. If yeah. They were just not dead. Yeah. That's what he When it was time to cut into the blubber yeah. and measure the things and um, hold out the flippers, and you were teaching me so much about it. You've mentioned this a little bit, but tell me when you're there in the moment with your colleagues doing this research. Tell me the significance of that, if you can. Like, what is that doing to you? What are you feeling and experiencing in that moment? It's just, like, kind of mind-blowing in a way that, like, this is something that once had a life and was living, and we can use it once it's died and learn so much from it and can use it for projects, like how... Rosie was getting the samples for her grad student it can do so much beyond what it did in life to help us and so it's still like it's not gone even though it's no longer living and for me that I think is really cool way of thinking about it and so it's always fun to get to be involved in something like that. I share the same thoughts but I also have a more personal sort of connection with it too whereas like I like doing dissections and stuff like that. It's just something that's always fascinated me as like a kid, you know, the biology, you know, biology class, you can dissect the frog. You're like, yes, yeah. <laughs> you're like, yes. And I've just always had that fascination. And I'm like, the fact that I'm able to do this and not have to, you know, go to like a vet school or something like that. The fact that I'm able to conduct this research and it's, you know, fairly straightforward. Maybe I can figure out how it died. Maybe I can figure out stuff like that if I know what's in it. And it can lead a positive impact later on where there's some seals that we've responded to and she's taken them out back, buried them, and then students will articulate the skeletons later. Yeah, we're going to be digging one up in the fall. That We will be digging one up in the fall. <laughs> we're going to use it for class. If you yeah. bury it, there might still be stuff attached to it, and then you go through the process of um, keeping it in ammonia and then putting it in hydrogen peroxide to whiten the bone. And Do you call that area something? Like the area we bury it? Yeah. Um, we don't, but... It's, but it's definitely our burial hill we bury a lot of. It's dead. right over there. Pet cemetery. Yeah. That's There's great. usually only one to two things there see at that, a time, See where that though. sign is right there? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I don't know what it says. It's just dead end. 
Yeah, we Dead have end, yeah. <laughs> we have a sheet of like chicken wire over it to be like, there's something here. So also, so like critters don't get into it. Yeah. You know, not right. raccoons scavenging right. it or it something like that. That's fascinating. Cool. Okay, so we're gonna have to get to work. So just a couple yes. more questions. Yep. Um, what's next? What do you envision to keep this fascination and mystery and contentment alive? My cousin is in a similar field to me. She wants to go into vet school and she wants to go south to go to school. And we're the same age. And so when she graduates, she's like, you should come with me. And to get to a new environment that's different from what I studied up here. So I can just expand my knowledge, get to experience something new. Hopefully at some time in the future, I'd like to continue my schooling and get maybe a master's or my doctorate. I'm keeping my mind open to possibilities. I've done a few lab classes and found that I really like using PCR. Sort of map out genes and genomes and stuff like that. You can see the DNA sequences and stuff. And I found that I really like using that and I'd like to be able to continue work with that. Maybe an entry level lab position or something like that. My dream job is to be able to work with marine mammals and mammal strandings. But I also know that that might not be a possibility up here because most of it's volunteer work. It's still mm-hmm. volunteer. It's still I'm... volunteer, but, you know. You need... We need a job. <laughs> we need a job as well. We need a job as well. You never know, though. I get the sense that the two of you, when you put your mind to something, you're going to make it happen. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. So, yep. I have no doubt about that. I was very impressed that the whole team working on both of these seals are teams of women. Is that usual in your field, in your major? Is it irrelevant to you? I quite like the idea, because I've always felt like science was something that you saw more men in than women and to see such a larger portion of women doing something like this especially when it's something that you're getting very dirty and really into the details with all of it because like it's messy but to see that it's all women and students that are doing that is quite fun and I know for my year in our program we only have one male student it's quite fun to see it reversed a little bit. So in my class, I know for marine bio, we do have the ratio of the men outweighing the women in terms of like the ratio there's more men than women. We just had the opportunity to be able to work and you know the fact that you know Molly, myself and Lindsay are able to stay on campus and conduct this. The opportunity is there for both, but I I can see more women volunteering to do these things than yes. men. It's excellent. I mean, you guys are keeping the program going through the summer, mm-hmm. living yes. on campus, doing the work. You know, when the phone rings and there's an animal that needs to, to have data gathered from it, you're there. I'm yeah. so impressed with your commitment and your passion. For yeah. It. Thank you both for your time. I hope we'll get to meet again on the shore or in the woods or at campus. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> join me again for the next episode of Downey's Viewpoints. If you'd like to contact me, Claire Deal, please email me at downeysviewpoints at gmail.com. Until then, take good care of yourself and the wild and beautiful places you love.